Hello and welcome back to Bo My God. I'm your host, Bo Bradley. My pronouns are he and they. This episode, we're going to talk more about some of the themes that have perpetuated across the Bo My God episodes, specifically related to transgender rights, education, and students. This is because April 17th, which is just a few days away, is the National Day of Silence for LGBTQIA plus students. We're going to have a couple of Penn State students later on the episode as well. Super excited for that. But before we get there, let's do a quick recap of last episode. So last time on BMG, we shared some info about gender affirming health care and about uh, some of the anti-trans bills that have been going through state legislatures around the country here in the U.S. One in particular we talked about was HB 1570 in Arkansas, which was vetoed by the governor after all of our hard work. And then the veto was overruled. Um, And so the cycle to stop it from going into action is afoot. We are just kind of back in that wheel. So that's super not fun and depressing, but um, there've been even more bills brought up after this, uh, including in states like Texas and unfortunately Pennsylvania. And it's just kind of exhausting at this point to even talk about or think about. One good thing though, is that the NCAA has come out from their board of governors. Uh, They put out a statement on Monday, which was April 12th, stating that they unequivocally support transgender athletes and student athletes at, let me see if I can find the direct Denver's ABC News 7. Inclusion and fairness can coexist for all student athletes, including transgender athletes at all levels of sport. Our approach, which requires testosterone suppression treatment for transgender women to compete in women's sports, embraces the evolving science on this issue and is anchored in participation policies of both the International Olympic Committee and the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee, the statement said. The Board of Governors of the NCAA also reportedly said that when it comes to playing championships from now on, they will only be held in locations where the host can commit to providing an environment that is safe, healthy, and free of discrimination. So that was a pretty cool step. I think that that's necessary and it's it's nice to see all the different athletic associations and different conferences and leagues kind of stepping up different schools, universities. One thing that has been super cool has been um, Athlete Ally is a, I think we've talked about them before. They are a athletic organization supporting trans, queer, kind of just anti-discrimination in sports altogether. And they have started an index where they're actually ranking different programs based on their um, ability to support and understand LGBTQIA plus students in their programs. So those are pretty cool. They released some of those ahead of the NCAA men's tournament last week. So, you know, it's kind of exciting. So the link for that will be in the bio for today's episode. So back to today, now that I'm off my rant, Why do we need a day of silence for queer students? What is that exactly? So the day of silence was started by the GLSEN or the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network. It is a national student-led protest where folks take a vow of silence to highlight the silencing and erasure of LGBTQ people at school. Um, Major part of this campaign is called Breaking the Silence and it comes in the form of assemblies, events, rallies, writing letters to decision makers, different steps that different um, teachers, administrators, et cetera, can use at their school. 
Um, it's an opportunity for these students to end their day by asking for their peers and their the adults around them to take action, making their schools more inclusive, taking action in highlighting the need for change. And there's tons of resources. Again, all of that will be in the bio so that you can access those. And I'll let you know what those are a little later. But I want to go into specifically the National School Climate Survey. So this is a report that the GLSEN puts out every so often, uh, the most recent being 2019, and it reports on the experiences of LGBTQ, so excuse me, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer youth in the U.S. schools. And the, the last report they released had a distressing amount of queer students report that their schools were hostile environments. And I mean, this really I don't want to say it's not a surprise, but it's not a surprise. But um, but so they reported this for regions, reasons such as routinely hearing anti-queer language, experiencing victimization and discrimination, resulting in students avoiding school activities and or missing school. Uh, the sample for this study, just to be as transparent as possible, included just shy of 17,000 students across all 50 U.S. states and multiple territories, including Washington, D.C., Puerto Rico, American Samoa, and Guam. Students were ages 13 to 21. And out of these 17,000 students, 59.1% felt unsafe at school due to their sexual orientation. So again, we, we've talked about sexual orientation in the past, but sexual orientation meaning your who you are attracted to sexually so is it going to be lesbian, gay, bisexual, something of that nature? This does not qualify as trans because, again, transgender has to do with your gender expression, gender identity, not your actual sexual orientation. So 59.1% felt unsafe at school just based off of who they're attracted to. I know that it's a little bit of a rounding to go from 59.1% to 60%, but 60% of students don't feel safe at school based off of who they care for. I just think that that's, it's terrible, but it's like, hello, <laughs> like, let's step up. 42.5 uh, felt unsafe due to their gender expression. So due to the way that their gender is expressed outwardly. So the way they dress, their style, the way their facial hair may or may not be, the way that they present themselves to the world. So 42.5% of students felt unsafe at school due to their own gender expression, whether that's because their gender expression doesn't match their gender, whether it's their gender expression is facing discrimination in that space. There's a various reasons why that could be, but again, a startling number. 37.4% felt unsafe at school due to their gender. So this could have been cis, transgender, non-binary, it could have been any type of actual gender, but 37.4% felt unsafe just based off of that. Many avoided gender segregated spaces, up to, I'm sorry, up to 45.2% reported that they avoid bathrooms. So up to 45.2% of queer students avoid bathrooms during school. That's staggering. Half? That's almost half. That's unacceptable. How can these kids be absorbing information and learning and paying attention and focusing and being healthily challenged when they aren't able to take care of their most basic bodily needs and functions? 
one-fifth of LGBTQ students surveyed reported having to change schools at least once due to safety concerns. One out of every five queer students surveyed reported having to change schools due to safety concerns. That's an issue. That's not a queer student issue. That's an all student issue. That's a that's an all population issue. That's a teacher, administration, school board. It's everyone needs to get on board, parents, students. So getting into some more specifics, I'll only throw a few more statistics at you, then I promise it'll get a little more fun. But you know how I love my statistics. Again, no surprise, but are you ready for the statistic? The number of students who have heard the word gay used in negative light. We've all heard it. We've all heard, oh, that's gay. And that might not seem like a big deal to someone, but to other people's, other people's, other people, that's so harmful. You're literally just degrading part of their identity. And I want to let you know that 98.8% of these 17,000 students have heard the word gay used derogatory. They, 95.2% have heard and been called homophobic slurs. 87.4% had overheard or been on the receiving end of derogatory remarks about transgender people. 87.4%. reported that they felt distressed due to the anti-queer rhetoric at their school. 91.8% of queer students feel distressed due to anti-queer rhetoric at their school. That's all, 91.8 is practically all. If all of our students, if this giant subset, millions of people in our population are feeling unsafe at school, we need to do something. So I don't wanna get into the numbers for harassment or assault. I don't wanna drill into you all how important this is because I, I think I think you know, that's why you're here. But um, the most intriguing part to me was when it actually broke down and asked questions about schools policies and discrimination and 59.1. So again, about 60% of that 17,000 reported experiencing anti-LGBTQ discriminatory policies in their school personally. This ranged anywhere from policies that enforce misgendering, policies preventing people to use the bathroom they're most comfortable with, policies restricting students from forming or promoting any kind of after-school organization or club that is to the effect of like a gay-straight alliance or a just kind of like a, a support group club. We all have clubs at school for all different kinds of things. And similarly, there's even a subset to this 59.1% who have been disciplined for identifying as queer at their school. So these statistics are sad and glaring. And it's not just this study. It's it's more than this. This is just one I really wanted to highlight to you because these are, these are the people that are behind this day of silence. So the link to that full report, again, will be in the bio for this episode, along with other resources. Just going to let you know what's going to be in there. That's going to be in there. There's going to be a link for... What Are My Rights at School from transequality.org. And we'll go over that a little later in the episode. There's a, a link for supporting trans and gender nonconforming students. There's a, a guide for schools that are K through 12 for supporting trans students. And then there's a, a few news articles as well. 
So now, like I said, we do have guests this week. And if you have been around, oh my God, for a little bit now, you know that there are some general themes going on episode to episode, dispelling misinformation, bridging gaps, easy to understand education and inner work, and most importantly, creating visibility and space for those who often do not, creating visibility and space for those who we often do not get to hear from. So you may remember that education, student resources, and representation have come up Throughout both seasons, we've talked to high school teacher Amanda Serzega about inclusive literature and spoke with kindergarten teacher Beth Farr about the importance of creating windows and mirrors in early education in season one. And then so far this year, we spoke to Sammy Allen about her and my time at Penn State and in our education career and how non-inclusive it may have or may not have felt back in the day, back in the day, you know, 2014 when I graduated from there. (laughs) We also talked to Logan about his experience being a trans educator and being in an educated space now. And now we're going to talk to um, two students from, again, my alma mater, Penn State University. I'm going to let them introduce themselves to you. And they're here to talk about a really cool project. And so I'm going to turn this episode from here's what we're not doing to here's an example of something that students are trying to do. First, could you start just by introducing yourself, your pronouns, and then I guess your connection to LA Habs Jr. Um, My name is Christina Baker. Uh, My pronouns are she, her. I am a sophomore at Penn State, double majoring in print digital journalism and political science. And I am, I handle PR basically for Ally House Jr. Awesome. Yeah, I had, I'm very poor at advertising and <laughs> running social media in general. So Christy really saves me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I, I'm Nasla, Nasla Kara. I use he, him pronouns. I am double majoring in molecular biology and Spanish at Penn State. Uh, on campus right now, it's mostly just me staying in my room <laughs> and doing homework. <laughs> <laughs> which you know it's not the best but i mean it's it's you know it's pretty good for covid times um could be worse i guess yeah i could be <laughs> at parties <laughs> which would be bad <laughs> but so with regards to ally house junior so i'm the president of ally house senior which is just technically just called ally house uh it's an slo here on campus where it's it's like a lgbt accepting slo for lgbt students and allies oh that's awesome and yeah and I'm the president here. And I, I got a lot of people coming up to me and, and asking if there were resources for, for helping them raise money for their surgeries and things. And I, I didn't have anywhere to direct them. And it was really, it, it, it really affects a lot of my residents' health and a lot of my friends' health. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it really frustrated me that there wasn't anything that I could do to help. So I randomly saw this email and like like a sketchy email in my Penn State email and it was like a contest to win like four thousand dollars if you well it wasn't four thousand it was like eleven thousand um for bringing the community together for your college and doing an event so I like hurriedly like did all of the requirements for that contest and like we ended up winning four thousand dollars to build Ally House Jr. which is gonna be a little art gallery um filled with art by queer artists including myself, I've got over like 200 pieces of art just sitting around about like gender dysphoria and everything. And I'm donating all of that to the art gallery and all, all of 
that will be sold like prince prince of the art will be sold along with some other things and all the money will be donated to a gender dysphoria fund for students at penn state looking to get name changes uh to get surgeries uh to get hormones anything like that that's incredible like that's so cool (laughs) yeah just like such a big undertaking but also just like such an awesome idea yeah, I also really wanted to do it because nobody really knows about Ally House. And if you have a little rainbow art gallery, it's going to be like a tiny shed, like uh, <laughs> 10 by 12, like just in, in on campus. Okay. And they're going to see the rainbow and they're going to be like, oh, that, that's that's something gay. And <laughs> so all the gay students will be attracted to the little house and Naturally. they'll be like, oh, it's it's called Ally House Junior. What I wonder what Ally House Senior is. <laughs> that's, Ooh, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that was my 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 vision for how to advertise Ally House um, through Ally House Junior. I love that. When did Ally House become a thing, if you know? Mm, I'm not sure, but it was around long before me. Okay. Um, In the yeah. early 2000s, from my memory. Okay. Wow. I graduated from there in 2014. So Wait, I can look it up. <laughs> <laughs> if you feel inclined, don't feel like you have to. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. I know. And that's the worst part. I, I talked to a lot of LGBT students who went to Penn State and even some of them who dropped out because they couldn't find any connections at Penn State, like LGBT affirming connections. Right. And it's like Ally House is literally just like a hall of all queer people, queer and trans allies, everybody. And we're all like, like there's 30 people on the floor and like all of us are friends, like all of us. Like I felt like as soon as I came to Penn State, I immediately got like 30 new friends. That's amazing. And they're all in different majors and they're all willing to help, help you like study. And and if, if you're transitioning, like we trade clothes and, and we share resources and it's just, like a little safe haven that nobody knows about. It's like a full community. Yeah. Um, I Googled it. Actually, I wrote a story about this for the Daily Collegian <laughs> last year. And so um, it started in 2013 because there was uh, an RA who was gay and he um, started telling all of his queer friends, like, you should request to live on my floor. And then they... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. Full on grassroots. Yes, yeah, so it, it was. Yeah, it was like right before you graduated. Literally. <laughs> That's so cool, though. Like, just to think that even it started with that small of an idea, kind of like this, and then it's going to manifest. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that, and that it's so necessary. Like, I, I had a lot of like non binary friends just like living on like gendered floors. Oh, and it, yeah. That has. Like coming out of your room as a non-binary person and going into like a women's restroom or a men's restroom, that has to be like completely non-affirming every single time. Yeah. It's it's funny because so I didn't realize that I was trans when I was in college. So I was on a girl's floor um, mm-hmm. and I had female roommates and it's like there were... I don't want to say there were moments that were uncomfortable, but there were definitely times where I felt like I didn't belong there. And I ended up actually transferring out of my dorm room into a single my junior year because I just became so uncomfortable with my roommate for various reasons. But looking back now, I'm wondering how much this had to do with it. But just even the idea that there would have been a place like that 
is so cool now. Yeah. We're trying to expand it. Um, but the only way we can expand it is if more people apply because then we can show Penn state that we need more space. Right. Um, but I think, I think a lot of people are starting to hear about it finally, which is good. That's awesome. So if someone wanted to donate art or help in some other way, how could they get a hold of you to do so? Mm-hmm. Um, so there is an Ally House Instagram. You could DM us on that or the Ally House Junior Instagram. Or the Twitter. Or the Twitter. Yeah, it, it's allyhouse.psu. And then I think the Twitter is allyhouse underscore PSU. Yeah, I think it's allyhouse or junior. junior. Yeah. And then Sorry. for the Ally House uh, Junior Instagram is allyhousejunior.psu. Yeah. So for the contest with the four thousand mm-hmm. dollars, we are doing an opening event because it was for an event. So that's going to be in December, and it's going to be like a bunch of like we're, I'm going to get a bunch of drag queens, and and there's going to be a bunch of art there, and it's going to be open to everybody, and it's just going to be a night to like celebrate queerness and and coming together to help help people feel comfortable in their bodies. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, we're planning like a whole bunch of fundraisers for when we're allowed to be outside again. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sure that plays a big part. Yeah, but we're just really looking to like raise the visibility of queer people on campus because, you know, the more people see us, the more we become like, you know, a part of the Penn State community and identity. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we're doing really well here at Penn State because honestly, just having the special living option for queer people is a huge step. That was one of the reasons I was most excited to come to Penn State. Mm -hmm. And the center does like so much good work. Like whenever like a student who identifies as queer like starts here, they try and like catch them and be like, where do you want to live? Like, who do you feel comfortable (laughs) rooming with? That's awesome. It's so important. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people don't or a lot of like cisgender heterosexual people don't really think about the insecurity or the lack of safety you can feel just based off of like where you're living and who you're living with. And some people can argue that like you could end up with a bad roommate no matter where you are, but there's just so much more to it than that. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's terrible that it isn't like more of a widespread thing already. Yeah. I've researched this and there's still like a sizable percentage of straight cis people at at Penn State who said in a survey that they would not feel comfortable living with like a queer roommate. That's so sad. It's so sad because it just how like ignorant it is, I guess. To I'm trying to put it nicely. <laughs> it's just, you know, that yeah. it's just, just people yeah. don't have the correct information or the correct you knowledge of yeah yeah and it's really upsetting because lgbt people definitely don't want to be rooming with someone who doesn't want doesn't want to room with them right and and even even for ally house we've had some some problems where uh the the housing system accidentally puts puts random people on the floor um luckily all of those random people have been nice but it, it can be kind of scary because like Imagine if one of those people that filled out the survey who didn't want to room with LGBT people ended up on a floor with all LGBT people. Right. <laughs> that would be so bad. <laughs> it just takes away that safety instantly. Yeah. yeah. It hasn't been too bad, though, in, 
I mean, if it gets bad, we'll work, we'll work with it. We've got some really cool coordinators and everything that can help, help, uh, keep, keep everything happy and safe here. That's awesome. Uh, once we get the, uh, so we're still submitting the, the like proposals for getting the actual little house built. Mm-hmm. Once we have that thing built and everything, then we're going to kick the advertising into overdrive and probably start doing some events. Um, so stay tuned on the Alley House Instagram and stuff for that, uh, all the events and and stuff. Alley House Instagram and Alley House Junior Instagram and Twitter. Yes, follow us. <laughs> like our posts. <laughs> yeah, they're nice. They're fun. We just posted something about like all of us getting together for a painting event, like socially distanced. And we, we all made, it was, it was nice. Everybody made art together and it was fun. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank well, you for having us. Yeah, no problem. I thank you so much for taking time out of, I'm sure you're getting close to finals and all that. So <laughs> I like to not think about that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you both so much for being here and talking to us about your project. Everyone stay tuned. I will keep you updated on Ally House Jr. and where you can donate once we have a resource for that. Again, if you want to get in contact with them about donating art, donating money, donating time, you can find them on Instagram at allyhousejr.psu at A-L-L-Y-H-O-U-S-E-J-R period P-S-U. Before we go, wanted to bring up Two quick little things. One, I wanted to read this reference from the National Center for Transgender Equality on what are my rights at school. So this is referencing Title IX, a federal law that makes sex discrimination illegal in most schools. And that gives you these rights under those laws. Again, this resource is in the bio. But you have the right to be treated according to your gender identity. You have the right to be called by the name and pronouns that match your gender identity. You have the right not to be bullied or harassed because you are transgender or gender nonconforming. You have the right to use restrooms and locker rooms that match your gender identity, and you can't be forced to use separate facilities. You have the right to get the same opportunities to learn and participate in school life as anyone else, no matter your gender, including your gender identity or expression or your race, nationality, or disability. You have the right to dress and present yourself according to your gender identity. You have the right to protect your privacy and choose who you tell or who you do not tell about being transgender. And you have the right to join or start an LGBT student club like Gay Straight Alliance or Pride Alliance. If you or anyone you know is having problems with any of those rights and getting equal treatment under Title IX, you can follow up on it at transequality.org slash school action where you can contact the national offices of GLSEN or your state's ACLU chapter to find out the next steps to fight for your rights at your school. And then I also wanted to point out that I put a link to an article in the conversation below called Rainbow After the Rain, LGBTQ Penn State Students Share Experiences, Challenges Amid Coronavirus Pandemic. It's an article written for the Daily Collegian which is the Penn State paper, essentially, by uh, Colton Lucas. And it just has a nice breakdown of what life is like currently for some more students at Penn State, if you're curious or if you want to hear more after tuning into this episode. So again, 
There are many links and resources in the bio. I'm really excited that you all checked in on Bow My God this week. Don't forget, follow Ally House Jr. on socials, on Instagram at allyhousejr.psu, on Twitter at allyhousejr underscore PSU, or you can also find Ally House, which is the, the student living option at Penn State for LGBTQ students on Instagram at allyhouse.psu. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and follow along for more at Bo My God Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Again, I'm Bo Bradley, and this has been such a great time. Catch you next time. Mm-hmm.